Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 183, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of (laughs) iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Monday, May 3rd, 2021. Mm. Uh, My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I'm a one-man podcast. I'm the one that drinks the dew, then follows miles back home. I, I'm some pale skin shining. I'm, I'm my wild thighs blind and bright, burning off and on. It's thighs like these you learn to live again. It's thighs like these you give and give again. It's thighs like these you learn to love again. It's thighs like these, thighs and thighs again. That is courtesy of uh, the official dickhead. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Allow me to indulge myself on this Monday. Yeah, cut to podcast host before you. They're talking trends now. Podcast, podcast that airs at two. Great rating slot while one has... Cold gas on his noggin. That's less than folks now. This one said he wants to preserve football and take lots of tokes now. Hey, yeah, yeah. And then I'm gonna keep going. This one got blasted by the Baja. That's Mountain Dew now. Got some b-ball in ohio thanks to his coach and papa you follow him your twitter will have dad jokes white thighs mountain dew yeah you follow him your twitter won't have much now we read cold curling curled brew okay uh it's true i'm not very active on social media but i'm i'm coming back sometimes thank you so much to andrew bub on discord for the hey, like, spin doctors you know thanks bub hey thanks there bub we are thrilled fortunate uh, elated to be joined in our third seat yes, by yes. the brilliant, the talented, the hilarious Caitlin Durante. Hi, guess who's got another anagram for you? <laughs> I thought surely we could have hit the bottom, but no. Uh, for new listeners, we go. Uh, every time Caitlin's on, we get a new anagram of the letters in her name. Nine Tit Dracula is one of the greats. Latin but, dancer uh, UTI. Latin dancer what do you got? What we at? I wrote this this very morning, so this is fresh. <laughs> this is new. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Caitlin Durante, Anagrams 2, Ireland Cat Unit. Hey. Oh, so, you know, when there's like a... Uh... <laughs> I don't even know what this would be, actually. <laughs> it's, it's a like weird ICU. So, you know, when you got the... <laughs> oh, yeah, it is ICU. That's really funny. Yeah. I feel like it would be, like, if there's some organization or some... Maybe, like, a police force boo. Right. But mm-hmm. there was a particular unit in Ireland made up of entirely of cats. Right. That's what yeah. I picture. The oh. Ireland cat unit. I mean, that's definitely a... Like, there is some alternate reality Disney movie where that exists, like Cat Detective or some shit. Right, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Or it's like, it's something to do with the regulation of like this mutant breed of cats. It's like, mm-hmm. yo, we need to call Cat Unit. This is a job for <laughs> Cat, for Ireland Cat Unit. Ireland Cat Unit. <laughs> what is a Ireland cat? Would that be the orange, like a orange cat? What, we, what oh. do we think? What is Ireland's cat, huh? Let's see. <laughs> the search. official cat of Ireland. 
Um, no, doesn't seem to. <laughs> I think we're trying to get around new ground here. Yeah. Um, no, the first thing is like, I don't know, cats for sale in Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> the Carrie Blue Terrier. Okay. I think, that but that's, like a, a that's a dog. That's a dog, Miles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, never mind. Manx cat, there it is. This uh, this episode, I, I I was saying before we started recording, bad bad brain morning for me, uh, just foggy for no real reason. Mm-hmm. So just forewarning to everybody, I'm gonna be be all over the place or <laughs> nowhere. Set the table for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so just get ready, everyone. Cool. All right. Well, Caitlin, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about today. Uh, Jerogan is dumb. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the pandemic profits that are rolling in. We're, we're starting to get evidence of just, just how rich people got during this pandemic. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, great undercover work of the guy who infiltrated Antifa, We'll talk about Matt Getz has nowhere to run. Uh, we'll talk about the future of movie theaters and uh, all of that, plenty more. But first, Caitlin, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Well, I just Googled, are Americans allowed to travel to the UK right now? Because I've sort of lost track of uh, what the travel restrictions are. Mm-hmm. Um, cause my friend in England is getting married in, or I mean, tentatively, I mean, I'm sure their marriage will still happen, but a wedding may or may sure. not be happening because of the, uh, pandemic, uh, in November mm. and I've been invited not to brag wow. or anything. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, and everybody, as far as I'm concerned, that plus. makes you a royal. Uh, being invited to a wedding in the UK. Yeah. You, you are officially yeah. a royal. And like, even though I was kind of joking, like those, those are angry claps I was giving you right now. I'm like, <laughs> I've never been invited to an English wedding. Yeah. You look like rock at the end of uh, Rudy when he's clapping. <laughs> angry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to be able to go, but um, I don't know how safe. It will be. So I was just doing some investigating. I didn't try very hard to find the answer. <laughs> Great. Uh, so I still don't really know. <laughs> and I was I was like, oh, right. There's this pretty uh, significant. Well, the 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 UK variant of COVID, which I was like, oh, yeah, that's that is uh, a thing. So mm-hmm. I still don't know if I will be traveling to mm. England for this wedding but mm. I did try to figure out if I could, and I uh, inconclusive. Because isn't B one one seven the that's the UK one? That's that's our, that's the one that's in California too, I believe. Also, and Here like go. I know they've <laughs> talked about those variants are, you know, still if you if you got the vaccination, you should be okay. But yeah. do we know yeah. if they let people in though? That's the other thing. Who knows? I I, um, I know there's been big talk because like I think a lot of the people of Europe are like don't allow these fucking people in right now like did right. you see what they did see how they handled their shit yeah. uh, but I know like fucking tourism is just a huge you know factor to so many economies I'm not sure where that where that's at right yeah I still don't know I know that Hawaii like is the the tourism boom to Hawaii is like so heavy that they're like having to rent. Uh, like flatbed trucks to, to tourists because they're out of rental cars. 
Oh, oh. So, yeah. Uh, I feel like people want to get the fuck off of mainland U.S. Uh, oh. any way they can. They're bring. They're having to bring in a ton of just rental cars. Like, there's the demand. Yeah. You're saying is yeah. Wow. Like, they're people are renting U-Haul trucks. Oh, you're saying that it's <laughs> resorted to. Well, what you got yeah. to like uh, this moving pallet truck? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Okay, great, 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 yeah, great, yeah. great. Let's do Forklift, that. sure. Just I need. I need to get home. Uh, does it fit oh. three child seats in it? <laughs> um, no, it's really for. It actually can't be driven off of a commercial property. <laughs> huh. All right, yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, but uh, there's gonna be a. There's gonna be a big travel boom probably come right what is I, the only uk wedding i've ever seen is the the royal wedding have, have you guys seen like I, i'm assuming they're similar to other weddings they're not like all royal that weddings? fancy <laughs> uh <laughs> no just weddings in the uk uh <laughs> i'm assuming they're not all that nice right <laughs> yeah, they probably suck. No, I think, yeah, I imagine it's pretty similar to your kind of standard American wedding. Yeah. But uh, if I go, I'll, I'll report, I'll take some pictures. Okay. I'll report back. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Let us know. Are you going to wear a fascinator? Do you have to wear a fascinator? That's what, yeah. Like, do, Wait, is the fascinator that, part of England? that, like, weird, that, you know, them shits they wear to the wedding? It's like not a hat and it's not a, a hair clip. It's the brolic one in between the two. Yeah. It's, it might it's as like well a, be a doll hat. hat sized hat that they, like, put like, on one shoo, side of their head. With the feathers and plumage and shit. Yeah. A fascinator. I maybe I was planning on wearing, you know, how like barristers or whatever, like wear those wigs when they go to court. Oh, a white wig. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to wear one of those. Hell that yeah. That would be sick. But you just read the room all wrong. Like, what? Caitlin, this is really, a f- I don't know what you <laughs> thought this was. My grandfather was a famous barrister who recently passed away. And if this is a tribute, it's it's really a misstep. <laughs> Fascinator might be the most overnamed like the name is is real aggressive for what it is. Yeah, because it took me a long time to realize what people were talking. Because I, you know, I watch a lot of UK shit, so I hear the word, but it yeah. wasn't until like I started getting context, and I was like, "Wait, what the? F- that's a fascinator." Yeah, it's that's not just that feels- interesting. Guys. It's good marketing, though. You know. Yeah, I, mean? I feel like that would be a good name for like either a superhero or like a pro wrestler. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, yeah. The intellectual uh, pro wrestler who just <laughs> yeah. who has really a uh, cool fact that he pops mm-hmm. out. Like if Alex Schmidt was a uh, pro wrestler. I feel yeah, like that yeah would exactly. Yeah, the fast Alex the Fascinator <laughs> Schmidt. <laughs> Did, wait, so does I'm just wondering the derivation of that, like assuming it wasn't like some 1940s like marketing firm that was just like no no it's you know because that shit's been around you all yeah. so many depictions of like the monarchy you know marie antoinette had you know those rocking fascinators and shit is so. is it because they're fastened to your head and they were just no like, it's, it's too it's from, no it's from the word fascinate damn yeah mm-hmm. somebody so. was just very interested in those tiny hats stuck to the side <laughs> of people's heads uh what is something you think is overrated caitlin well speaking of tourism and going to places with beaches i think going to the beach is overrated yeah there i said it (laughs) wait why damn because of what burn i just i don't know it's it's hot (laughs) it's Sandy, you get sand everywhere. There's like nothing fun to do. The water's always cold. 
I always like if if even if it's not cold, the salt <laughs> water is like irritating to my skin. You sound yeah. like someone who's going down a list of things to pivot to. Like when you're like, come on, let's go to the beach. You're like, ah, it's sandy. It's like, no, nah, this part is really nice. Yeah, but the water's cold. No, the water's actually really great right now. Yeah, but then once you're in, it's like the salt. Like, okay, <laughs> so you don't want to go. It's Bad fine. You don't want to go. Me, um, <laughs> sharks, just, maybe. <laughs> sharks. There's seaweed. You might yeah. get bit by a crab. There's this. You know what those ferocious teeth? <laughs> I just yeah, I've never had like a great time at the beach. I've had oh, I hate like, to hear that. I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just going with the wrong people. Maybe we're bringing the wrong things. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't enjoy myself at the beach. Yeah, well, that's you know. I think I, I definitely don't go to the beach as much like locally. Like if I'm going other parts of California, like I'll hit the beach. But I've gotten so used to the LA beaches, I'm like, ah, oh, it doesn't even. I don't. I'm like spoiled. From mm-hmm. being around this part of the Pacific too long, it's a terrible thing to say, but that's just how I feel. But it's funny because Her Majesty, whenever we go somewhere, even up the coast remotely, I'm like, yeah, let's go to the beach. It's like, what the fuck? You, you don't, I'm like, I don't like the beaches near me. I like the concept, though, especially when it's warm. Right. Gwyneth Paltrow just uh, had a quote that I read somewhere. Oh, about a beach? Yeah, it was like very, I am always happiest by the sea. Uh, just the exact opposite, uh, which I think is... That's a good indicator, I guess. I'm always happiest by, in, or on the sea. And then she used that to uh, tease her... Uh, oh, yeah, her cruise, right? Her cruise line, baby. Wait right. a minute. Yeah, there's a goop cruise. Stop it. It's called, like, goop at sea or some shit. Yeah, Stop yo, this is kind now. of a... Bis- oh, my God, you and Jamie got to go on this and just tell us what the fuck. <gasps> okay. It's like a fucked up Titanic. <laughs> goop at sea. Ew, I don't. Okay, I'll go on yeah, it. Actually, no. That sounds like that sounds like you're actually putting your like you're actually putting yourself in harm's way. Like on paper, goop <laughs> at sea doesn't end well for fucking anyone involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always been happiest <laughs> by on or in the sea. <laughs> we talked about that <laughs> one like fucking thing she tried to have in like the UK, and everyone's like, "Yo, she's scamming us!" Right uh, when they had like a goop conference and shit. So, yeah. A sea Gwyneth? Yeah. Maybe that's a pass. What about under the sea? Like in the yeah. mermaid? Is she happy? I've always under been the happiest sea? at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> With uh, the other bottom feeders. <laughs> anyways, I, I am closer to your uh take on, on the sea than Gwyneth's. Uh I think you're I think you're what right. Do you t- on. I thought you're Mr. Ocean City. Ocean City. I go I go to Ocean City for the boards, man. For the pizza. <laughs> I'll go for the beach. The fucking fuck this for the herbs. <laughs> I mean, okay. I actually like I I like an Atlantic Ocean beach better than a Pacific Ocean beach because wow. the ocean's warm and dirty. Like me, I don't know. I just <laughs> <laughs> I just feel uh, more at home there. And like in, in, we, living in LA, like I every time I go to the beach, I feel like I should be wearing a sweater and like a. Uh, knit cap. When are y'all going so to the beach? You know it does get warm. You guys are always describing like going to the beach in November or some shit. No, well, I know there's the it has to burn off in the like you know we get the June gloom and shit, but there's right. you got to pick your spots. Shit I've been get. in like August and the water is still freezing. <laughs> yeah, the water, the right. Pacific Ocean is underrated. Like just fucking so much colder than the uh, Atlantic. I didn't realize that until. Yeah, I uh, got out here and started not going to the beach at all. 
started um, my amateur oceanography exploits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is something you think is underrated, Caitlin? Okay, as per usual, it's a movie, but I think uh, Dora in the Lost City of Gold, the live-action Dora the Explorer, the really? Dora the Explorer movie that came out in 2019, is so underrated. It's so good. I feel like no one saw it, but it's amazing. It's a romp. It's so funny, and it's. Uh, a terrific film that I recommend everyone watch. Damn. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. I'll take I, that. I, the trailer had a joke that made me laugh. And, but then once it came out, nobody was like, this is actually really funny uh, until now. Cause no uh, one bothered to go see it. Right. Except is, for me. <laughs> is it cause like, it's like in a weird audience demographic, like, because it's relying on some nostalgia from people that are older and it's not quite a kid's film. So it's like energizing like a not quite kids dragging their parents to the theater market and like people. I think it did fine. I don't think. Yeah, it was yeah. Like but I'm just mean like like but some films, they just get all that attention because it's like explicit. Like this is the, the most underrated fucking kids film, man. I went to my kid. Oh, man, this shit was sick. I went for my kids, but it's actually dope. Or other films that are like intended for adults where this one seems like it's. Like I definitely in the middle or something. don't know exactly who the target demo was, especially because like I didn't I had outgrown watching Dora the Explorer. Like by the time it, I was like, I was too old for right. when that. But it but because like Dora is a teenager in this movie. I mean, it's still definitely like a children's and family sure, sure. movie. But so I don't. Yeah, I don't really. It's kind of it is kind of weird, but. I just didn't care. I was like, this movie seems fun. And I have an AMC Stubbs membership. So I'm go or a movie pass or whatever it was at the time. So I was like, I'm going to go see it at no expense to me. And <laughs> I have no regrets. It is very fun and very funny. I feel like that's a service that isn't provided that somebody needs to provide. Maybe we can do it is like, a website where funny people tell you what is actually funny because movie critics don't do it. Movie critics don't. They're like, the laughs know. here are few and far between. It's, and like, then okay. it's like a comedy classic. It's right. And they don't talk about how their stepdad up. was like a shitty basketball coach. And that's why they didn't like this basketball film. They don't reveal that part. Like, right. I don't know. It just seemed really, really far fetched. And you're like, okay, what is this? Yeah, but there's hidden gems all over the place in the in the comedy world for sure. Oh, yeah, when well, this is one of them. Wait, yeah. I have an important question. Did have you guys covered the most important piece of news that has ever that has come out in the past yes. century? Today's. Yes. Okay, you, I know, saw. you know that I'm talking about Paddington I saw. too. And the hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. The one Hundo Club. So the sole survivor now? I think I'm so. sorry, what are we talking about? The hundred percent rating club on Rotten Tomatoes. Used to be what? Citizen Kane and Paddington too, and, and Citizen Kane like a was it like a new review they found it was like <laughs> it, oh, yeah it was like an eighty year old review from the Chicago Tribune or something some old review that they oh, unearthed shit. and the that, Paddington lobby got involved and was like this is no fresh fresh review I mean we're assholes. filing an amicus brief uh, to yeah. have this scene <laughs> that's great so Paddington two is the goat. It's it's the greatest of all time. It is officially the best film ever made. I mean, I've been saying that for years. Yeah, no, you have. have. You <laughs> I'm, and I'm very honestly, Citizen Kane. Talk about overrated. Do you do you what and Kevin turd. Porter? 
I get, I get a viable <laughs> lot on Paddington, <laughs> the other comedian Kevin Porter, because I because I saw because Kevin Porter was also I saw him celebrating this news as well, and I was like, yeah. okay, whose brand is this? Because I think <laughs> this is Kate. I don't know where Kevin came um, from. Kevin, suddenly. I mean, shout out to Kevin though; he's funny. Kevin, but, he's been he's been in the club. He's been there with the, the you, Paddington okay. Club for a while. Yeah, he's not okay, a bandwagon. Yeah, there's plenty of room on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's welcome in the Paddington Club. Yeah, I'm late, you know, so I'll always just give it up to you as I consider my Paddington OG, and I'll be like, you know, thank you. I wouldn't know without. Wasn't there a thing. toy store like three or four was really close, and then that troll reviewer from the New York Post was like, "This sucks," and everyone got <laughs> mad about that. I remember that being a the last mm-hmm. time I thought about the 100 percent club. Wait, so could someone retroactively, like, it's, imp- it's yeah, locked so. now, right? Because yeah. this only happened because this was a review of the time rather than someone being like, I think it sucks now. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> see, I guess, it, right. I guess Citizen Kane does. It's, it's not 100%. And it's, like, written by Ireland Cat Unit. Okay. <laughs> Interesting, this review. But, like, I'm, th- I'm that's what I'm guessing those are the stipulations, right? Because I could imagine. I was like, what would you do, Caitlin, if someone tried to do a troll review to fuck up Paddington standing? I feel like it would be ugly. Yeah, that I feel like that would not be allowed. I would not allow it. <laughs> I feel like that would not be good for their safety and their yeah, health. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Catch my drift. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's interesting that this review was uh, unearthed. It, it suggests to me that this Paddington bandwagon might be uh, larger than even we realize. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That could be, wow. That'd be... Um, is there a documentary about finding this review? <laughs> you know what I mean? The, in the yeah. search of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting that Paddington 2 is the is the greatest movie of all time. You wouldn't necessarily expect it to be a sequel uh, being the greatest movie of all time. Well, come on, Jack. The Godfather. Too, yeah. Famously, you know, they, people like the second one better. I don't yeah. know. Sometimes they figure Fast it out. Fast Five is the best. Is the best. Yeah. Best Fast sequel. and Furious. <laughs> Sequels are, you know, they they've got. Sometimes they just get it. Sometimes they just get it. Have either of you seen Paddington Two yet? Because every time I come on here, I feel like I've only seen the first one. Okay. Because you got me to watch the first one. Either. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm going to. It's just like I'm waiting until my kids aren't scared by PG movies anymore, and then (laughs) and then we're gonna watch them. But it just feels like. There might be a little too much scary for uh, my my three year old at the moment. I could, Jack. See you can be honest. That. You say for yourself. Too All right. Scary like, look, yeah. it stop, just seems a little like, you like that. seems a little freaky to me. If you, <laughs> it's it's a lot. Okay, a bear that talks. What? <laughs> I mean, That's unnatural. Yeah, just have goosebumps the whole time. You're like, what the fuck is going? Daddy, on? It's okay. Daddy, it's okay. <laughs> Daddy, it's okay. Daddy, it's okay. It's unnatural, son. <laughs> <laughs> They're pouring water on your face. <laughs> wake up! Wake up! <laughs> Just go white as a sheet. Uh... <laughs> I just love you've completely passed out out of fr- sheer fright from watching Paddington. <laughs> your kids are like, oh no, dad. Oh boy. <laughs> it's it's coming. It's on the list for sure. Okay, but, thank you. Um, you th- we'll, we'll throw a gauntlet down. By the next time you you come on, we're not going to be fucking around. Jack will have seen both, and I will have seen Paddington too. Okay, Thank I'm you. just a little. I think I'm weary because 
I don't want to see a film that would potentially be better than Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeakquel. So <laughs> right. I'm that's more sort of out of preservation for my own ego that I've been kind of avoiding it more than anything else. So I just wanted to be transparent about that. Squeakquel esque was what critics were saying at the time. Yeah. Is are there any uh and this will give you a, a sense of how my cinema diet is composed these days. Are there any trains in this movie by any chance? Trains and Paddington yeah. 2? Actually, yeah. yes. All right. There's That's, a very boom, strong we're watching it this weekend. There's a lot of train imagery in Wow, this is going to be huge. Two, and I'm not even joking, like it's yeah. a huge part of the story. That is the only genre of movie that we really have the ability to watch right now. Uh, is, Why is it your son? Is it a trains? train movie? Uh, no, again, it's me. Uh, it's where my interests lie. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, no, my my five year old. I mean, they're literally going to be like, we need to go to Paddington Station, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, then look, and then you're going to be in the UK. That's right. We'll take your kids around. See? Oh my Boom. gosh, I have to. If I do go to this wedding, I got to go back to Paddington Station because I've been there before. And yes, did I do a whole Paddington walking tour the last time I was in London. Yes. <laughs> no, but I did follow behind a group of people that did pay for it. And I siphoned off all of that information. <laughs> did you have like corrections and shit? You're like, actually. Um, actually. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about less important shit. And we're back. And Joe Rogan, at the end of last week, started kind of walking his uh, scientific analysis back after um, claiming young people don't need to necessarily get that vaccine if they feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, the number one scientific, (laughs) just great scientific evidence. From the people who brought you Pull out game strong comes. If you feel (laughs) healthy, you don't need the vaccine. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I don't know if like Spotify got in his face a little bit, but he he definitely felt like he had to say something because doctor, I like how, because he got to the point where Dr. Fauci, this poor guy, has to be like, Oh, Dr. Fauci, what about Joe, the Joe Rogan experience? <laughs> like, what do you have to say? And he just said, you know, you're talking like, again, he had to talk like an adult fucking scientist here. And he's yeah. like, you're talking about yourself in a vacuum. You're worried about yourself and the likelihood that you're not going to get any symptoms, but you can get infected and will get infected if you put yourself at risk. So if I'd you like want to hear only- see him say that shit in an octagon, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to only worry about yourself and not society, then that's OK. But if you're saying to yourself, even if I get infected, I could do damage to someone else, even if I don't have any symptoms at all. That's the reason you have to be careful and get vaccinated. Yeah. Thanks. That sounds like <laughs> tapping out to me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the. Yeah, I mean, that that was the best possible way to respond is just to like, you know. Like, if, yeah, if you don't give a fuck about society. <laughs> Explain it patiently like you're talking to a child. And I don't know. It, it's so dumb uh, that, that that has to be explained. But the, the thing that is frustrating to me is Joe Rogan was like, look, I'm no anti-vaxxer. And I'm just saying, like, what some people might want to do. And, like, just kind of diminishing 
like his responsibility as somebody who like is a thought leader among a lot of people, a lot of Mm -hmm. people, a lot of people who uh, don't necessarily realize they have a thought leader and are just like, "Uh, I'm just saying these are interesting ideas. Yeah, I listen to Joe Rogan. That's not necessarily where I got those ideas. I'm just saying that I'm just saying you got to think for yourself. Have I ever disagreed with anything I've heard on that show? No. Right. (laughs) But you got to think for yourself. That's what he always says. Um, I had I had uh, also some insight into a mystery we've been discussing on the show. I just like his proportions and the fact that he uh, appears to be like a cube as opposed to uh, like, you know, shaped like a person. Uh, he's like five, six. I didn't realize yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Oh, that, yeah, that yeah. totally changes just how I picture him in my mind. I thought he was like a big, tall, brawny guy. Was. That's what my energy is, right? When right. These toxic females are like, yo, if you're under 5'7", uh, keep swiping. You right. know what I mean? So right. anyway, what's up, bro? You want to smoke this blunt and talk about fucking resource draining? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. He's got a he's got a very, like his whole, uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, walking back where he said, quote, I'm not a doctor. I'm a fucking moron. I'm a yeah. cage fighting commentator. I'm not a respected uh-huh. source of information, even for me. But at least I try to be honest about what I'm saying. What do you mean? Like, you're trying to be honest he? about what you're... What does that even mean? But at least I'm trying to be honest about what I am saying. So he's like holding himself up as... Being like even the end of that statement, which was like very well designed to be like, hey, I don't... Nobody takes me seriously. I don't even yeah. take myself seriously. Uh, well, well done. Like a, a fine rebuttal, like complete bullshit. But, uh, you know, if you took away all the listeners who take him seriously, he wouldn't have very many listeners. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but then to end it with, but I at least try to be honest about what I am saying is like, yeah, so you're saying that you're the only on the only person telling the truth out here. Like, or like, but it's it's see, that's where it's vague, where it could be the truth or his truth. Right. You know, where it's not mm-hmm. quite it's not unequivocal. And but yeah, it's just like it's so stupid because your whole aura, asshole, is that you're like you walk around like you're the only fucking person on Earth that gets it. Right. OK. So, yeah, yeah, when you have that energy, that's what's going to attract people. And then trying to be all disingenuous, like suddenly you're like, oh, I'm stupid, dude. What the fuck? It's just like, okay, whatever. Keep, keep, we'll keep moving because we all know it's a joke. He's a joke. It's all nonsense. Joke Rogan. Um, Oh, fuck. Yeah. You've done it, folks. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I don't, I don't like to be a bully, but you know, these thoughts (laughs) just occur to me. And I just can't, I can't not do it to him, you know? (laughs) All right. Let's talk about uh, how rich the rich are getting during this uh, pandemic where everybody else is is suffering and hurting. Yeah. There's like, there's an interesting sort of piece in the New Republic from Jacob Silverman kind of pointing out like, we had this discussion last week when we're talking about, did we ever leave the 20s? You know, right. like, we're like, is there gonna be another war? Trans? Like, have we left the Gilded Age? Right. Like, seriously, though, like if we really think about it, have we moved past it? And the sort of argument that's being laid out is like, as we've all discussed, the rich got fucking richer during the pandemic. And now that we're seeing like these quarterly earnings reports come out, we're actually getting even like more depth to it, knowing that Microsoft increased its cloud business revenue by 50 percent. Apple iPhone sales went from 29 billion to 48 billion. 
Amazon reported $108.5 billion in quarterly earnings, a 44% increase from the previous year. Jesus. So oh while like, you know, those puny checks from the government were only able to sort of slightly stave off poverty for many people. And in many instances, it actually didn't, which is why like when Joe, uh, Joe Biden's like, I'm going to cut poverty in half. It's like, yeah, because the pandemic fucked so many people over that the bar's kind of low. But yes, right. Maybe how about all of it though too? Let's not just right. half. What if we well, half that. off? But well, all of that shit. But yes, but I think what we also saw is that the difference between industries that were able to pivot to work from home and those that couldn't just became so painfully clear. And it wasn't just like the businesses that were able to pivot that did well. It's all everyone in orbit of the you know sort of sectors that did well. So billionaire wealth rose by fifty four percent, four trillion dollars, and the <laughs> overall number of billionaires increased by thirty percent. Yeah. And so he's just sort of saying, like, we're looking, the game is just still set up the same. So what what's the difference here? Like, we're hearing a lot of cool ideas, but the we're going to have a K-shaped recovery, like aggressive K-shaped recovery, which is really what, what they mean by that is it benefits the people in the middle and the upper classes where the industries are able to rebound, while everyone else who is on the other side of that sort of shape is going to just fall deeper into debt rely on precarious gig work, as he says, and they're not, these are the people who will not see any benefits of this thing called the stonk market. So mm-hmm. that's like kind of like the whole thing is like, okay, so far this FDR talk, like what, what's, what are these, pro, what are these proposals he's making? Because they're definitely not radically, they're, they're not radically challenging the status quo. So how can we possibly say we're going to change anything if it's like very sort of piecemeal and just, you know, in effect. Yeah. I mean, if this is the early stages of him seeding like a massive like wealth tax, that's great. But yeah, I, I, I need to see it first. Like, yeah, I mean, we're, there are so many things like expanding Medicare, uh, so many things that can be like really things that we're talking about. No, we're putting everybody under this umbrella. Like, and we're yeah. going to do it doesn't matter what, like, because that's what's actually what needs to happen. It's just, it's tough to see like what that future looks like where are like, are we going to actually move out of a world where governments are all too happy to, you know, help these corporations just sort of chip away at the safeguards that keep inequality at bay. But I don't know. We'll see. That's why it's mm-hmm. like, did we ever get, I think it's still the Gilded Age. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's like, what's, what's the, what's changed really just has a new face. Uh, and let's check in with Matt Gates real quick. Matt Gates, whatever the fuck. My brain like specifically rejects remembering how to pronounce his name and Derek Chalvin's name. Yeah. And that's why I'm a hero. Uh, mm. No. What? <laughs> what? I just see you Biden putting the fucking freedom medal on you. Like, this is for mispronouncing shitty white dudes names. Yeah. There you go. The highest honor. in the world. I noticed that that became a meme with people being like, I don't know how to pronounce the name and I don't care, uh, which I was a. Uh, it definitely a part of like, please say my, my mother's maiden name, right? Jack. It's Nakajima. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Dude. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want me to do, bro? What do you want me to do? Um, but yeah, it's, uh, there's a new development. I know things kind of, I don't know, other things began happening in the world. So Matt Gates wasn't sort of front and center, but it looks like Joel Greenberg, the Seminole County tax collector, who was like his boy that, you know, is the reason why he, like the, this investigation on Greenberg then went towards Gates. This guy, Joel Greenberg, is 
a fucking idiot. So <laughs> what happened was in 20, at the end of 2020, he reached out to Roger Stone to get a pardon from Trump. And, you know, he was hopefully like was hoping like, well, shit, I know Matt Gates. He's a fucking congressperson between those two points of entry. Like maybe this can all go away. And, and because he's an idiot, uh, he went along with Roger Stone, like and what the deal was, which is basically he was like, yo, get ready to wire me 250K in Bitcoin and also <laughs> write down every crime you have committed in detail. And Roger Stone said that? Yeah, because I got to be able to show them what the fuck you're, what, what kind of exposure you got. And well, I mean, when you have someone as trustworthy as that, I feel like you can do that sort of thing. And we know, you know the pardon never came. But what we do know is the Daily Beast has a lot of these documents now. And well, uh, <laughs> they have a written version. They have a rough draft, a fucking final draft. They have the shooting script. They have every, it's so many levels to it. They even had a forensic handwriting analyst look at like public documents that he's sort of written and gone with the handwritten documents that they have that are this letter. And they're like, yeah, in my opinion, this is the same person based on my handwriting analysis. And in these letters, it's just revealing some of the most awful shit talking about on more than one occasion, how him and the Congress person was involved in sexual activities with several of these girls, including uh, one of them who was 17 years old at the time, then outlining very clearly gas money, gifts, partial tuition payments were made. Either I would do it or the congressman would do it or I would do it on behalf of the congressperson. It's just all in this really just just full detail. And then at a certain point, like he blames Joel Greenberg, blames one of the victims for being deceptive about their age. Mm-hmm. and saying that like he wrote I immediately called the congressman and warned because he said he found out that this person was now underage and he said he called the congressperson to stay clear of this person and quote informed him she was underage he was equally shocked and disturbed by this revelation he then Greenberg then confronted the then 17 year old and explained to her quote how serious of a situation this was how many people she put in danger mm. so you know, right now, Matt Gates uh, hasn't said anything about this. This just came out like like at the end of last week. But he, the latest news with him is he is teaming up with Marjorie Taylor Goering or Marjorie Taylor Green um, <laughs> to create a fundraising committee to take on massive donations, like to expand their like fundraising power and a MAGA tour. They're they're setting kicking off quote the America First tour on May seventh with a rally at the Villages, the massive retirement community in Florida. Oh hell yeah! So the sex trafficker, child sex trafficker and the QAnon lady are about to go on tour. That's that's wild. And and like his his goal is to just like basically let like ride it out. Right. I think he thinks it's with this move now. It's almost that he wants to go deeper into the nucleus of MAGA world to try and protect himself on some level by, you know, just enmeshing him, his brand with now fucking marjorie taylor green and whatever this is going to be i don't know what happens though like because this this happened before this thing dropped i don't know if that changes anything or if they're really going to be out here being like the QAnon lady is going to be like oh that's that's actually the deeps i don't know it's all fucking disgusting and right just shows you how fucking like where that like where this has gone in terms and how genuine their concern for child child sex trafficking victims actually was the the QAnon supporters no absolutely yeah all right well uh we will be keeping an eye on on that guy let's take another break we'll be right back 
And we're back. And, you know, sometimes we just have to take our hats off to a great piece of journalism. Mm-hmm. Somebody has successfully infiltrated Antifa, which is wild because Antifa is not even really an actual organization. That's not true. That's not true. I infiltrated it. Right, right. <laughs> Heard him talk, recorded everything. So if you want to hear it, I can play it for you. So so all all the more impressive, you know, that yeah. he managed to infiltrate something that doesn't actually exist. He, <laughs> I don't know, this guy, I don't know if this, I think this guy just duped like the local ABC affiliate in San Francisco, essentially be like, I got all, I got the fucking receipts, man, of this terrorist organization, Antifa in Sonoma County. So I'll let you know what's going on here. I'll just play a couple of the clips where this guy is taking us on the journey where he very much really infiltrated very real this very real group that he claims is very real. Uh, let's start with this. My team is getting possible new insight into that attack and other recent acts of vandalism from a Sonoma County business owner and Trump supporter who infiltrated a group of anti-fascist activists. I saw that they were here. I read their manifesto and I could tell that they were a threat to the community and somebody needed to do something about this. The manifesto posted online for SoCo, Sonoma County, Radical Action, or SRA, says, Do not hesitate. Do not wait. The brick in the street is meant to be thrown. The paint in the can is meant to be sprayed. The cop in your head is meant to be killed. So, yeah, this guy, he found their manifesto that only had four subscribers to it on Medium. Uh-huh. And it, it very much reads like what real people who, if you're talking about like straight up hardcore, like leftists who read theory, like, I don't know if this reads exactly like that uh, right. or a version of what a Trump supporter maybe thinks uh, like a leftist is. Yeah. But it goes on, man, because he didn't just take, he just, you know, he, he had to go deep. You know, he had to fucking really, this is some Donnie Brasco shit. He wasn't just going to fucking pull up to Antifa that he may have created. I don't know. I mean, that's, we'll get to that later. But he wasn't just going to pull up on some weak shit. He knew how to blend in. And this all comes from fear of vandalism, it seems. Is the, yeah, because is the, yeah. there was a guy who was a defense witness for in the Derek Chauvin trial uh, who said, who was like one of the few people like, I think it was justified. So people right. threw a, a pig's head on his lawn or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they were like, yeah, I think this guy did it. So we'll, we'll talk about how he got right. in with the group. The number one fear of right-wing people is vandalism, destruction of property. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Supporter was able to join the group that communicates through the encrypted messaging app Wicker. And you express that you're of a like opinion. Oh, yeah. It's, you said comrade. You know, I, I want to uh, smash the system as soon as you. You know, make them not feel alone because that's what they really want to hear is know that there's more people like them. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Comrade, um, I want to smash the system. Oh, sick, man. You want to you want to get in on a murder plot? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> checks out. How quickly did they see through this dipshits? Like, dude, they, well, here's the thing. So this guy, he points out that he's like, and I know who the leader is. And he has these recordings in which they're the group is like planning stuff. But it's right. only you only hear two voices on this call. Right. And, and it's very s- suspicious. This Trump supporter also points out that he knows the leader of the group has an arrest record. And the news actually reported this. They said the leader, the this guy's believed to have a arrest, an arrest record. Uh, but the D.A. decided not to press charges. He huh. was charged with felony assault on a police officer. If you're to believe what this Trump supporter is saying, this guy is guilty of. Right. So the D.A. just dropped a felony assault on a police officer charge. And there's no like arrest record. So they couldn't even like identify who this guy was even saying was the leader of this group 
Then not to mention Chad Loader, who's like, you know, follows a lot of fascism on Twitter, pointed out that this guy in the, the he's like wearing this so-called Trump supporter. He's wearing a hat that seems to align him with a group called the Golden State Nationalists that also on their YouTube simultaneously dropped a thing saying like exposing so- Sonoma County Antifa. So it's like this motherfucker played a local reporter or something. Maybe the local reporter wanted to get on in on this too, but like nothing adds up about what this sort of infilt like what the group is or who infiltrated and who was involved. What are what is Golden State Nationalists? Are they like a they want to secede from the union or what what's the... I think it's just I think it's just an organization of like white nationalists in right. California okay. cool. uh, with a cool logo. Very cool. Yeah. But I just do want to say this one he he does like leave people, you know, like why he did this, why he was so brave uh, in bringing, you know, the the spotlight on uh, Antifa. The infiltrator tells me he's been careful about protecting his identity during interactions with SoCo radical action that began last year. It, it felt like uh, seeing Antifa getting sort of a pass uh, a lot of the time from government saying that they don't exist, saying that they're a myth, saying that they're just an idea. You know, when obviously they are very real and they're a big threat. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. You spend a lot of time on these websites where, like, even the followers of the like YouTube channel for Golden State Nationalists, the support supporter come like the first location of a subscriber comes from Sonoma. Mm-hmm. It's like everything just like points back to this dude, right? But meanwhile, he's on fucking local news, like, and they're like, they're not even questioning him. They're like, oh, wow, spooky stuff. Okay. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck are y'all doing? It's like fucking, you can't just take a single source thing like this and be like, yep, running it. This guy infiltrated a terrorist organization. It's, I don't know. what's only he believes exists. And that like, (laughs) yeah, because the, uh, the government loves to let leftist politics get a pass and loves to just ignore underground terrorist organizations. They're, I it's mean, not like they have exactly. billions and billions of dollars that they have been just dying to spend to fucking do an investigation on anything that they think upsets the capitalist order. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, it, why... In the fuck would they possibly be ignoring? Uh, I mean, look, my eyes were open over the summer. I saw what happened uh, in Portland and many other cities where the feds just gave a free pass to these leftist protesters. <laughs> right. You saw how <laughs> by how, shooting at them. Yeah, they yeah. they pretty much just opened the they pretty much opened the doors to the Capitol and let them. Wait, uh, wait, that's the other group. But anyway, oh, right. yeah. <laughs> you see, right. fuck out of here. Yeah. The care he's gone to to disguise his identity is great. <laughs> so stupid. It's like great. Just more like like world building in your racist fantasy world where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, man. I I I got my stepbrother and his girlfriend to say stuff like, Yeah, let's kill some people, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Antifa. Like <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I could have played the I could have played the uh, calls for you because they were equally just like what group is this? Like, who right. has meetings where they're like, yeah, okay, let's go over our illegal activities list. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Matt Gates and uh, Roger Stone apparently have those meetings. <laughs> uh, please describe in detail any crime that you may be guilty of. Right. All right. Let's talk about uh, some pop culture stuff. There's uh, Scott oh, it's Mendelson. It's my time to shine. Hey, get ready. 
Uh, hold on to your butts. Ooh. So uh, Scott Mendelson's writing about how, you know, one possibility of the movie theater industry, like as, as it reopens, like that it could look different. Um, there's a company called Iconic Events that is like trying to change the culture around movie theaters to one where you're just as likely to like go watch the NBA finals or the Super Bowl or like a one night only screening of a classic movie with like a, I don't know, uh, an experience, an attached experience. So like basically movie theaters are not just the place you go to watch movies that were released within the past three weeks. They become like a place to go watch anything in a in a group. And I hadn't realized. So like I knew these sorts of things existed and it makes sense to me that like some capitalist would want to make them a bigger deal. But apparently like in Europe, these the market of these sorts of things is already like five times bigger than it is in uh, North America. It's Mm. like these are a bigger thing in other uh, similar cultures than than they are here. And it it does seem like it's sort of thing that I would be interested in, but it just like never has like broken through to become a mainstream like thing that people do in our culture for whatever reason. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know why, especially because like so much of pop culture is based on nostalgia and like catering to nostalgia and like those like whatever 20 or 30 year what's the word cycles circles yeah yeah circles cycles yeah i like that (laughs) wheels the wheel the wheel the wheel (laughs) um so yeah i i i find it fascinating that that wouldn't be because every time there's like a whatever, you know, 15th anniversary of Titanic being released in theaters. I'm there. I yeah. go right back to the Every Jurassic Park it. anniversary, I'm there. Mm-hmm. I catch that shit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I think the way they could really do is like they got to lean into it because I think it's more. The other difference is America has gigantic screen culture. So in Europe, people aren't fucking with 85 inch TVs. You know what I mean? Like there's a, I think a lot of like, we're used to be like, yo, I need to watch the biggest shit ever. So a movie theater isn't as much of like, people are already trying to have a movie theater in their house. And right. I think because of that, it like, it's almost like, well, I don't want, is there really a reason to go see this where I can feel like a bigger screen might make more sense in a world where the TVs in your home are like 40 inches and like they're, they're yeah. topping out at that point. I think like live music also like things that live music and comedies and things that you would want to experience with other people like right make a lot of sense. But I guess, yeah, like the thing is, if if it is like a concert, like let people smoke weed in the theater for sure. And like kind of bring like literally bring that freedom to a movie theater. But the other thing is, if they leaned into the nostalgia, that would be dope. Like if they brought back the old paper cups like that they used yeah. to have in like the 90s and shit. That's what I'm saying. People would be taking so many fucking pictures with those stupid ass paper. Like, yo, oh my God, remember this cup with the yeah. fucking stripes and shit? Oh my God. And I would be geeking out over that dumb shit too. But they're, I, look, hire me iconic events. I got ideas, baby. We yeah. a new cup. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I, I honestly think that should be the model is that they, uh, every one of these places just hires miles. Uh, every, no, uh, yeah. that every one of these places, Aww. like if you have like a three hour window that is like, okay, 
every Friday at nine o'clock, this screen is being programmed by, you know, Quest Love or like somebody who like has great taste and shit. Like Tarantino kind of already does this because he owns his own theater here, but which is a little much because it's not like he has time to just fully uh, focus on that. But like if he had a single window where he was like in charge of like, you know, uh, programming a movie theater and then like people were executing to like make it an experience. I think that would be really dope. And, you know, if iconic events were to partner with a certain zeitgeist focused podcast to handle Mm -hmm. programming blocks of movies, uh, and parties that here's your free fucking idea. Iconic events. Yeah. Throw back Thursdays. Yeah, and you on a Thursday, the whole fucking theater. You play one movie from a like a big movie from a given. You'd be like, oh, we man, we playing the biggest movie. Like, or the whole theater becomes 1996 of yes. like whenever it is, and we're like, yo, mm-hmm. it's May. Okay, it's May right now. We're doing May 96. Everything that was out this week in May, we're putting this shit back on with the fucking trailers that even played before it, and Everybody, the food. We yeah. have the product. Oh, y'all want surge? We got motherfucking surge on tap. Like they already <laughs> you know I mean? do this with like costume contests that like Rocky Horror Picture, right? Like things that are like full experiences. I exactly. Feel like. It has to be immersive. I think that's the difference. Is it's not so much the event because I think I'm I'm pretty jaded about considering what's an event or what rises to the occasion of like an event for me. I love immersive nostalgia shit though. Like if it's like, oh my god, Saved by the Bell Max shit, I'll, I'll fucking peep that shit because I remember that. But like, I like when people put the attention to detail in an experience like that. I think it it will resonate much more than just simply trying to make convince people it's an event. Right. It wouldn't even be that hard. Like, I went to a screening at a theater in State College, Pennsylvania, one time, and right. it was a screening of The Big Lebowski, and the bar there served like white Russians. Boom. And everyone was like. Sure, I'll buy. Like, even that if that yeah. drink sounds disgusting to me, I don't care. I'm going to drink a White Russian tonight because I'm watching The Big Lebowski. Exactly. You yeah. do ratatouille with like, uh, you know, oh. fucking uh, a sick ass chef coming through. Like, yo, this rat. Remember when they making the ratatouille and ratatouille, motherfucker? We Willy Wonka would buffet. be fun. Willy Wonka, you get like some mm. uh, candy maker, local yeah. candy shop to like fizzy lifting drink of- is just weed soda. <laughs> you know what I mean? It all works out. Miles is here. Iconic events. Caitlin, uh, we could do. We could all do this. Oh, like I. Well, that's my other thing is they should all be become dispensaries as well. Anywhere that weed is legal, like every movie theater is stupid if they're not also mm. a dispensary. Like if it's a movie theater that had a bar or like still has a bar open, like you need to get that dispensary. Oh license. my God. Okay. Imagine like, just for example, this is the shit that came out in May, 1996. Imagine if these like on all the different screens, you could have your pick of these movies from May in 1996. You could watch the craft. You could watch <laughs> the great white hype. You could watch uh, Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg. You could fucking watch. Let's see. Uh, okay. That was, those are probably the, <laughs> the bigger films. <laughs> Barbed yeah. wire, okay. Dragonheart. I would go see Dragonheart to have a laugh. Yeah, yeah. And the tickets could be cheap. Fuck it. But you'll yeah, make it. A d- people could go do a, like a double feature because they're like, this is probably like my one chance to like. Welcome to see the Dollhouse. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Welcome to the. So doll if you got house, taste, like you can be like, or if you don't, 
Flipper came out in May 1796. So you got um, it. What do you mean Flipper is for people who don't have good taste? I mean, let's be real. <laughs> I think me? there was... I, I Look, I think <laughs> Sandy, the main protagonist, could have done a lot more sort of self-introspection. Elijah Woods, I still think about this. Miles, you just told on yourself, bro. Yeah, you well, on yourself. What exactly. the fuck is this shit? Don't, I'm, but I'm like, don't you think... Don't you think like a somebody who programs these would be like that would be a dope like new career that like people you know like somebody I would who quit just everything has, I'm doing right now to to program, program. yeah to like yeah. <laughs> yeah no I Absolutely. quit first I quit first I quit first actually <laughs> and then just I would, like I live for this yeah this would be so dope so iconic events get at us I'm fucking emailing them man yeah <laughs> this is annoying that they're not like emailing us already. What do you mean you never heard of this show? Oh (laughs) my god. Idiots. Fucker. (laughs) JB Smoove has heard of this show. (laughs) So actually, I'm not sure that he Yeah, uh, that's true. Maybe. Yeah. He may not have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like have you guys ever like been to a non-movie like big screen thing? Like I know there were TV events like Game of Thrones. I never went to any of those. Wasn't it called like mm. Adam Events or something? Like they would always do the trailers and movies. Be like, check out the Bruce Springsteen live. But like, it right, was- right, yeah. The ones that they're doing are always just like kind of seem kind of whack to me. But like, what could it be? I mean, I don't know what I would. What could it be now? I think that's the hard part. I th- I can't get over the. They have to recontextualize a movie theater first to be able to allow people to start going for other things. I think we need some first need like a paradigm shift in like how we even use a movie theater and for that to kind of open people's minds. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, I don't want to go to a concert. Like, honestly, that I can't if it's an artist I want to see, I'm smoking at the show. Yeah. So if I can watch it later on YouTube or whatever, I'll fucking do that in my own home. Like, it's not like I'm at the show. So we've improved our air filter technology. Get pick up your game, movie theaters. Yeah. I, anyone, if anyone's <laughs> been to a, be like a Korean weed. barbecue spot, you see how they can keep the fucking smoke out of there if they if the if the air filtration is right. So we just if you drive by a Korean barbecue spot, though, your your clothes smell like onions. Yeah, for well, it, a yeah, month. It's just yeah. blown out the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, I'm excited about this. Have you guys ever been like seen a sporting event or anything like that? At a theater, I would never watch sports on purpose. So right, no. so you haven't paid <laughs> money for a ticket to go watch uh, sports. I feel like, yeah, like I don't think the Olympics would be like so, like a big Olympic oh, event. I would, would maybe be fun. watch like the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Know, like when the U.S. Me, like kind of had a shot at the world at not really a shot, but like did better yeah. than usual at the World Ooh. Cup. Like every like employer was like having like viewing parties and shit. Like I can. I can see that sort of thing being. I feel like certain. I think it depends on the thing. So for like sporting events, a lot of people will go to like a sports bar, and like the screens will be on. But if they sort of like reimagined a theater type space to be sort of like a hybrid, yeah, of a like sports bar and a theater, I feel like that would be better for like sports, and then I guess for like. For like concerts, I don't know. I would yeah. not feel compelled to Every, like go to a theater yeah. to watch a concert on the screen. I think it's the almost, opera. It's, even come on, guys, uh, yeah. we'd all. I go mean, I want to see Dissalba float uh, <laughs> live, but I think there's a thing that we could do, like in Europe, 
and during the World Cup, countries set up massive viewing parties, like oh, yeah. where they blow up. They have a gigantic screen. They're selling beer. It's in a park. That feels like the best pan- post-pandemic type of group gathering type shit. Where it's like, yo, the Laker game is going off at this park or whatever, and yeah. you can start doing shit like that. I think that is an interesting way to first allow people to be like, oh yeah, congregate to view things together in this setting or whatever. But I think it's it's certain. I think physical elements that they have to alter. Look, they're not paying us to figure this out, so I kind of convinced how fucking holler. Yeah, we should. <laughs> Zeitgeist needs to start its own company where we do, mm. where we create Zeitgeist these. events. Sorry, we're off the table. Iconic events. Yeah, and also you're going down. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I feel like NBA teams currently do that for the cities, like where that, like remember Toronto had that big, uh, like yeah. area, but like when the stakes Jurassic are high. Park. Yeah, yeah, when the stakes are high. But, like, I feel like you could do more of that. I don't know. Imagine a sports bar, and and I'm sorry to say this, to put you through this thought experiment, Caitlin, because mm. this is a sports bar, but it's like a half, it's like an outdoor fucking carnival, basically, where yeah. it's, vend- it's vendors for food and drink, and then the main thing is just the ability to just be outside and watch sports just like that, boom, in a parking lot. Look, I'm starting my own business. I would go to that and just hang out by the vendors. Right. right. Just eat food and like pl- play skee ball. If it but was it could that. be a multi-use space. because So one time it might be sports day. And then the next time, yo, it's Paddington Fest. Right. Baby. I was just going to say a, a okay, sports bar that's all devoted to Paddington. Talk. Now we're now. <laughs> you got to keep it nimble. You got to keep it. The one thing I learned is starting these uh, illegal parking lot bars uh, is you got to keep it nimble. You know, mm-hmm. it can't just be one thing. Sure. There could be a whole merch arm of like movies now because like the way that live music, like bands make all their money from the merch. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like, you could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I mean, yo, first, first screening, first screening, two for five. I got two for five shirts here. This is why like Star Wars did that with uh, the Ridge Tridge like in the 90s. That was the first time I really paid attention to Star Wars was when that came back and hit the theaters like on the 20 something year anniversary and mm-hmm. George Lucas fucked everything up. <laughs> He's like, what if we had a walk and talk with Jabba? It's like, no, what if we did in full? <laughs> what Just <if> relax. <laughs> yeah. How about we don't do that? Yeah. But like every pay-per-view event at the very least should have this as an option. Mm-hmm. That's why we weren't, we aren't the business owners. We're right. the, the little people mm. trying to give them ideas. Yeah, just just giving away ideas for free. This is smart. <laughs> I feel like this like, is a smart use of our uh, <laughs> intelligence and energy. Uh, I'm helping some other fucker get way rich. <laughs> Fuck. Just remember to Venmo us. Yeah, hey, what do you, you can't even let me in, man. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is our idea. Fuck. <laughs> the pet. Oh, you got surge on tap? Like, watch Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and you're playing The Rock. Mm. You're selling his wife merch. Or <laughs> 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 we just have to mail this uh, podcast to ourselves. To ourselves, yeah. 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 <laughs> Copywritten. Caitlin, as always, such a pleasure having you on Zeitgeist. Uh, where oh, can thanks. people find you and follow you? You can find me and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Caitlin Durante. You can check out my movie podcast, The Bechtel Cast, where we talk about movies from yeah, a yeah. feminist perspective. One of the greats. Thank you. 
Is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, yeah, you bet. Um, this comes from at Paddington Bear, who <laughs> I will have you know, follows me on Twitter. So big achievement for me. He says, I hope I do hope Mr. Kane won't be too upset when he hears I've overtaken him with Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Oh, Paddington. <laughs> now, is that an official studio account or is that this like is the official account? Yeah. yeah. It's oh, not yeah. like Jurassic Park to go where they're, <laughs> where they're like, dinosaurs keep fucking each other. Um, yeah. No, this is uh, this is the official Paddington account. And yeah. then I also wanted to share one from at Solomon Giorgio says, it's fun that some folks think a secret group of rich people control everything instead of the widely known group, group of <laughs> rich people that control everything. <laughs> Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, Miles of Gray. Also, the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. But check that out over on twitch.tv slash 420 Day Fiance. Um, oh, man, so many, so many good tweets. Yeah, just, I'm, I've been on here just really looking. And I, you know, every day I'm finding something fantastic. This one is from at Hello Cullen. Tweeted, what does my tattoo mean? Well, it's in honor of my grandfather, who was the Hamburglar having sex with a nun. <laughs> um, let's see. Another one is uh, from Soren Bowie at Soren underscore LTD. He said, my son called me a diarrhea nighthouse, and honestly, it stung. Um, I don't know what a diarrhea nighthouse is, but that's fu- that is cutting, and that's not even my kid. And then finally, this is from at Blade Obama tweeted, Call me Marge Simpson because I love you, homie. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. A tweet I enjoyed is from Chris Awesome at I Have Disease. Tweeted, birds are just named stuff like hot-breasted milf, and no one does anything about it. Uh... That, that really got me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we think you should go listen to to get into your week. Miles, what uh, what song are you recommending, Becky? You know, in honor of uh, the the Black Samurai Yasuke, the Netflix animation that's come out, and you know, there's a subsequent Flying Lotus score to that. Ooh. I'm just gonna say, check out the first track, Black Gold, off of the Yasuke album from Flying Lotus. You know, it's cool to see that Black Samurai characters are cool now. Please cast me to be <laughs> the stoner cousin of yeah. Yasuke. Okay, thank you. But yeah, check out the uh, check it out too. It's dope. If you if you don't fuck with uh, anime, you know, try this one out. Uh, all right, we're gonna tell you to go listen to that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is gonna do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to y'all then. Bye. 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 